The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Enjoy the playlist every single weekend on WrestlingInc.com. Enjoy the YouTube channel. Subscribe comment, do what you got to do. I'm Justin LaBar here in our beautiful Point Park University studios in downtown Pittsburgh for Chair Shot Reality. No Juice Springsteen again, but of course I'm joined by the man who truly counts. That's right. He is the other CSR original down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He is Mr. Josh Eisenberg. Josh, how are you? Justin, we lose your hair, we lose Juice, and he's still in Greensboro for Starcade. What the hell is going on during the holidays? Well, I, I, I look bald better than Matt Lauer on, on camera now these days. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that's going to hold the, hold, the, hold the spot. Yeah, and you haven't really been accused of, well, anyway, but speaking of Starcade, one of the topics this past week was, uh, you know, Starcade obviously came with positive reviews. A lot of people uh, really enjoyed it, appreciated it, but there was also some anger that Starcade wasn't aired on the WWE Network. And what people have to understand here is that, um, you know, this is a glorified house show. If WWE would have flown out and brought all the people necessary to do a WWE quality production, we're talking about all the camera people, the directors, everything, then they would have lost money on this venture. But in this situation, you know, you have what you have to pay the building, you pay the talent, um, and they got a great gate out of this. This, this, was what, this is the best live event, non-televised live event they probably have uh, drawn in quite a while, with the exception of the, you know, the, the Madison Square Garden specials and things like that. And plus, look, they also have footage that they shot for this, so they could you know, release even a behind-the-scenes if they wanted compilation on the WWE Network. So people have to understand the business aspect. But by the fact that people are getting so riled up, maybe it does uh, offer some some possibility for, for more that WWE could do with it, because I think it is going to be an annual thing. Bash at the beach, Road Wild, maybe? Maybe. maybe. Uh, Josh, uh, what we don't have anymore is the hype bros. Mojo Raleigh turned his back on Zack Ryder. I saw your tweet. You're not going to buy Mojo as a heel, are you? I'm not going to buy Mojo as a heel, because he's just... It's interesting to me because Mojo Rawley is a type of guy who actually is pretty decent in the ring. He's not bad in the ring. He has a great physique, a good body. He looks like a guy that you would not want to find in a dark alley, okay? But Mojo Rawley has been built ever since he came into NXT as a super overhyped guy. Hype bros. Uh, I get it. But Mojo Rawley doesn't possess the heel characteristics for me that I'm interested in for a successful heel. And a successful heel needs to be a guy that can be dark, that can be uh, ruthless. He doesn't show that to me. Now, if you do something, a complete 180 with Mojo Rawley's character, maybe it'll work. I mean, he's probably going to be the most naturally booed heel that they have because he's been getting that treatment for the past year. He doesn't – go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, not to mention, though, if you let Mojo truly be how Mojo is – I mean, he's, he's a, I mean I've been around him. He's, he's, a, he's a very energetic guy. But, like, he kind of almost could have the Enzo effect in the sense of, you know, he's partying with girls. He's hanging out with Rob Gronkowski. I mean, if you really let him turn the volume up on that – that might be a successful formula. But isn't the volume already turned up now? Like, that's what we are already getting with Mojo Rawley, and they're trying to make him a face to us. Well, he, he, he was trying to be a face and trying to energize you to be as hype and be as cool as him. But if he turns uh, the motivation around and just, and, and just you know, continues to act hype and, uh, and make sure that he's better than everybody else, um, you know, maybe that could work. I don't know. But, I, I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. When, you when you think about it, you would naturally put him more as a baby face. But, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they well, feel it, Zach it, But Ryder here's the thing baby. is, 
Babyface works better. Yeah, the, the babyface didn't work out. So I guess what you can say is, well, you know what? Let's try this. Let's see what happens. Make him fresh. Make him interesting. So he has a chance to be different. I just don't think it's going to work because I don't think he fits in anywhere. But anyway, speaking of fitting in, six women, five of debuting and one returning page, have debuted on Raw and SmackDown Live, a trio on each show that seems pretty pretty similar each night. Yeah, mirrored storylines um, here that's kind of odd. I would understand if they did this leading into Survivor Series where it was, you know, Raw versus SmackDown, so I could see tit for tat having a trio on each show up here. But it's odd timing that they're doing it the way they are. Uh, but I, I'm chalking this up to the fact that we are, you know, we're, we're going into December. Uh, I do think we are going to get a women's, uh, a women's Royal Rumble. They've, mm -hmm. they've really subscribed to the women over the last 18 months. You know, they've had money in the bank. They've main evented pay-per-views, Hell in a Cell, et cetera. So uh, I could see, and, and prior, to these, prior to these six women, prior to this trio, these two trios, um, uh, surfacing, if you looked at WWE's active female roster and, 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 and subtracted the two champions, WWE barely had 20 girls mm -hmm. that they could put into a, even a 20-woman rumble. Um, so you figure now you have a little bit more depth. If they wanted to push to 30, you could include a few NXT girls, maybe a few independent girls that are fe featured at the Mae Young Classic, maybe mm -hmm. a few nostalgia acts like a Trish Stratus. But I think this is definitely, ultimately, just to beef up uh, their depth chart. Well, and the one thing that I'll say that I do like about this is it's giving fresh faces, obviously, on Monday and Tuesday night. Um, you know, obviously, I think people are comparing Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan to the B squad because Paige is already established in WWE. And Mandy Rose, obviously, is, you know, the hot Mandy Rose. And, and then you also have, you know, Sonya Deville, who's the MMA fighter. But you have the three on SmackDown. They could really make a name for themselves if one thing happens. They set up Carmella's cash-in. That's what needs to happen with these three. Mandy Rose, certainly a Josh Eisenberg special. Um, all day. All right, and finally, final hot topic here. Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks announcing that they are indeed aiming with the goal of 2018 to put on a show that they are going to fund themselves that's going to sell out at least a 10,000-person uh, venue. Uh, right now, they're supposedly looking at what venue that could be. They've, they've, they've some reports, I believe Ryan Satin reporting, Chicago, San Francisco, Ontario, California, among a few cities. Uh, are they going to pull the... Yeah, I, I think they will pull this off for a few reasons. Cody Rhodes won on record saying this is his first seven-figure year. So uh, Cody Rhodes obviously doesn't really matter. He has money. They all, all these guys have money. I mean, think about it like this. You know, the Young Bucks are probably the most marketable guys outside of WWE, maybe even more than 75% of the WWE roster. They're making their money by being them and by marketing their merchandise in a more unique way than we've ever seen outside of WWE. Cody Rhodes, now, mind you, I like Cody Rhodes. I think he's done so many great things outside of WWE. He's still not a main eventer for me. I'm sorry. He's not this flashy guy in the ring that gets over, like, you know, maybe Nakamura in New Japan or AJ Styles after TNA. He's not a guy that has established himself in WWE like a Daniel Bryan who he wants to face. Um, not, nevertheless, though, you can't, you, you can't laugh at this because it's a realistic possibility that they're going to fill 10,000 seats. It's going to come off as a success. But is it going to come off as a success if only 10,000 people see it? Well, that's a very good question. Distribution would be a whole other thing, but uh, it's also this day and age, just, you know, the success is, you know, pack the place with 10,000 people, you know, and then find creative ways to distribute it, whether it's, uh, you know, unique ways via social media. We saw, you know, Tommy Dreamer and House of Hardcore, they're doing some, you know, unique things. I know some, some independents have got to a point to where you can, um, you know, you can pay to watch per match. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways they get creative, but you're right. I mean, there's different measurements of what would be success. I can't help but think, though, when they, when Chicago was mentioned, as a city and you're trying to find ways to truly move the needle you yeah. know that that name that people still chant that's from chicago 
um, you know, maybe this would be the kind and, of thing that would get him to come out of out of high. And that will absolutely 100% work for them. I don't necessarily know if Daniel Bryan is the solution, but CM Punk, if you really want to get people talking, if you really want to sell out the arena and you really want to make headlines, CM Punk is the guy. No offense to Daniel Bryan, but that would be genius and it would be an amazing thing to pull off if there were those three guys. A lot of things going on. 2018 is going to be an interesting uh, year in the wrestling world, uh, and we will, of course, cover it all here on Chair Shot Rally. WrestlingInc.com, the place you need to go for all of your news every single day. Make sure you, again, subscribe, share, comment, do what you got to do. we got plenty more on this weekend for myself and Mr. Eisenberg. Don't go anywhere. Chair Shot Reality on WrestlingInc.com. We love being on the YouTube channel. We love the reception we've gotten so far from all of you. Please go ahead and subscribe if you're not already doing so. Leave a comment, make a like, tell a friend. All that's good. I'm Justin Labar here in our Point Park University studios in downtown Pittsburgh, being joined down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, by my CSR co-host, Josh Eisenberg. And Josh, this past week on Monday Night Raw, one of the things that people took away was the fact that in the uh, main event sequence, Finn Balor uh, kind of discarded off to the side to make room uh, for Kane and Braun Strowman, who have continued their monster versus monster battle. I think Finn Balor obviously is looking for uh, a reason to be on the show, to be honest with you. Uh, some of the times, you know, Finn Balor has been a guy that uh, you know, has all the creative ability in the world whenever he becomes the demon, but pretty generic whenever he's not the demon. So that's been something that WWE has really struggled with on a weekly basis is making him interesting um, just with the leather jacket. But I will say this, Finn Balor has all the talent in the world. People still love him. I'm not going to really look at Monday night and gauge his future off of that because right now, as you know, the winter months are a lot slower with storyline development. And I do think that Finn Balor would possibly be the next choice to potentially face uh, a guy like Roman Reigns. Uh, obviously, we saw Samoa Joe attack Roman Reigns. But I think Finn Balor, and this isn't a discredit to him, would be the absolute perfect guy to chase the Intercontinental Championship going into WrestleMania. Why? Well, look at the Intercontinental Championship last year. Nobody really cared about that feud. Nobody's cared about an Intercontinental Championship feud in quite some time unless there's a ladder involved. So why not put the Demon chasing the Intercontinental Championship, maybe somehow finding a way to implement the club to get that title off of Roman Reigns because we all know where Roman Reigns is going to be come WrestleMania. Sure. I mean, and I, you know, Finn Balor, I mean, I would love to see, you know, a guy who, you know, I really think, you know, stepped up and showed a lot this week, you know, uh, you know, Elias. I mean, maybe, maybe there's something there. I'm not sure, yeah. but you know, I, I agree with you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to use this past Monday as the complete, you know, uh, you know, make that the verdict of what WWE absolutely thinks of Finn Balor, what his future holds. I think we have to remember the big picture here is that, you know, uh, Braun Strowman's a top priority. And, and while it might be weird to see a 40 something year old part-time on the brink of being a politician, uh, Kane in that main event mm -hmm. spot. You know, Kane's there to put Braun over. So, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to freak out like some do, but I, I do think there's something there to, to talk about with Finn in the, in the respect of they have put themselves in a unique, uh, maybe even backed into a corner situation. The fact that the demon, you know, his alter ego gets over as well as it does, and as you said, it when he's just the guy popping his collar, no face paint or nothing else. Um, it, it makes you feel like, okay, well, now we're getting the water down. Now, now we're getting just the everyday version. I want to wait till the big fight till I get the demon. And I think that's going to be something that they're going to they're gonna have to rectify in battle. They're going to have to figure out how do we put value, um, you know, not, not to the diehards who love Finn, but, again, to the little more casual onlooker. You know, how do we, how do we make yeah. them care about this guy who isn't the biggest 
and who? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the one thing that they could do with Finn Balor, who isn't the biggest. And to be honest with you, it looks like he actually has gained some weight since his injury. It looks like he's putting on some more muscle. So, uh, you know, obviously the height factor is going to be something for him. I just think that so many fans have this unrealistic expectation that he is the guy to beat Brock Lesnar. When I don't understand why the Finn Balor and Brock Lesnar match is a you know a quote dream match for all these marks out there. Like, do you really want to see a guy who's 200 pounds face a guy who's 290 pounds? And not just talking about weight because there's been some times where it is believable. But you see Brock Lesnar, and, and as long as Brock Lesnar's champion, the guys that he should be facing are guys that can go eight to ten minutes, not 20 to 25 minutes. There's a place for Brock Lesnar, and there's a place for Finn Balor. Finn Balor is always going to put on good matches. He's always going to put on consistent matches. Brock Lesnar is always going to make you money. It's kind of funny how right now in, uh, we're almost at 2018. It's kind of like we're, we're reverted back to 1988. Uh, you know, it's like the 30 years ago you had yeah. you know the, the world the world champion, which was you know going to make you money in the Hulk Hogan's, but it wasn't going to be the longest or the or the most you know hi highest quality work rate match. And then you have the Intercontinental, where you can try to rely on uh, some more work rate. And as you're saying, if you put Finn and guys like that in the Intercontinental picture, uh, it would be a similar formula that's that's been proven to work for WWE. So it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, how, you know, come Rumble, come Rumble, and then Rumble after that, then Road to Mania, where Finn is placed and booked. Uh, you know, right now kind of floating, you know, floating out there. But as you said, December, winter months, always a trick for WWE creative staff. We still got more to come as uh, we still have to talk about Matt Hardy. Is he woken? Is he broken? What the hell's going on? And plus, yes. and plus, Brock Lesnar, as Josh mentioned, who is the next opponent for Brock Lesnar? We know, we think we know where he's going to be at for WrestleMania, but we still have Royal Rumble on the way. So who is left? that could be a viable Royal Rumble opponent for Brock Lesnar. We'll talk about all that still coming up here on Wrestling Inc. Welcome back to Chair Shot Reality. I am Josh Eisenberg. Follow me at Josh Eisenberg 4. For all news information regarding WWE, live tweets, and so much more. So check it out at Josh Eisenberg for this past Monday was the beginning officially in the change of one Matt Hardy. We have wondered and wondered when Matt Hardy would become broken. When the chance of delete, 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 delete would echo through arenas similar to what it did in Orlando at WrestleMania. We've waited and we have waited and unfortunately a Jeff Hardy injury has derailed Matt Hardy. But has he been derailed or has he been woken? Matt Hardy's change is coming and you can see it and time will tell how successful this will be. And I am very excited to see what Matt Hardy does with his broken gimmick in WWE. But he needs people behind him. He needs people to come after him. So what heels, what feuds will he be in and what team can he put behind him to make some of these great feuds in WWE with Matt Hardy leading the way. Well, first off, I would not be against the idea of having his wife and senior Benjamin a part of this. Make the family feel more deleted and broken than ever before. Bring them together. And we all know Rebby is very outspoken, but this time she could be outspoken and controversial for a great reason for WWE and Matt Hardy's benefit. She's so good at what she does let her be her and let her voice be heard. But you also need Matt Hardy to guide some soldiers as he tries to wake up the entire WWE Raw roster. So who do you do? Who do you go after? On the Raw roster, there's nobody to do. There's nobody to pick from. So my decision, 
sanity. You bring up Eric Young, Killian Dane, and Alexander Wolf. You don't need Nikki Cross because she's still going to be really good no matter where she's at. You bring those three guys up following a leader in Broken Matt Hardy, and you make their storylines as unique and dangerous as possible. Matt Hardy is a born leader. He is a born spokesman on the mic, and the other three guys can follow in the footsteps of one Matt Hardy. Now, don't make it the Wyatt Family 2.0. You do not need that, but you need something unique, something more different. And that's why Sanity coming up to the main roster, keeping a similar gimmick, twisted a little bit, to help Matt Hardy is the best decision to go. And don't fear, NXT will not lose much, even though Sanity has been one of their biggest and most consistent guys in the entire company. That tag team division is continuing to grow and continuing to develop. Tino Sabatini and Riddick Moss, the Street Profits, the Authors of Pain, the NXT Tag Team Champions, who you saw change hands with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, they have enough talent to hold fort. So my thoughts, if you want Sanity to make a big impact and to be beloved the first day on the main roster, what better way than a woken or broken Matt Hardy? Yes! Delete! I am so excited for it, and I'm so excited to see what Matt Hardy does at the end of 2017 and in 2018. Now, I know, Justin Labar, you're ready to go in studio. Tell me, Justin, I feel like you're waiting or questioning who Brock Lesnar should face at the Royal Rumble. Thank you, Josh. I am wondering. We're all wondering. Royal Rumble, you got to have your universal champion, Brock Lesnar. And who do we fight? Who do we see step up? We've seen Braun Strowman already. We've seen Samoa Joe. We've seen The Undertaker. We know that they're going to go back around to Roman Reigns likely for WrestleMania. But you need to fill out the January show with Brock. So who does he fight? A number one that I keep hearing amongst the internet is Finn Balor. We talked about Finn already some this weekend. It just doesn't work, people. It just does not work, nor does it make sense. Everything from a size standpoint to what you want to get out of the match what again what offensive fins do i want to see or will i believe brock lesnar is going to sell it's not a damnation of finn balor it's just brock lesnar is such a unique cast uh, in wwe they, he is booked more real than anybody else and rightfully so he's a former ufc champion so you have to be very careful about who you put in there and of course you don't want to put him in there with somebody who he could seriously damage credibility they did a good job with the next name i'm going to bring up aj styles now AJ Styles fought Brock Lesnar Survivor Series. This worked because it fit in with the Raw vs. SmackDown deal. Now, I admittedly so, I had my doubts about this. Some of the same questions. Size difference. What am I going to believe from offensive AJ for Brock to sell? But they managed to do the match and choreograph it as perfectly as you could while still getting accomplished what you needed to get accomplished. Brock retained the title. He looked dominant, just mauling AJ. But AJ looked resilient, taking it, getting a few big shots in there. AJ walked out of the match, I would say with even more credibility, we all st still know that Brock Lesnar is the beast, but AJ Styles proved that he's a good world title champion for the blue brand of SmackDown, which leads me to who the answer I think should be. Pro wrestling is all about booking and positioning. You could put me in the ring. If you get me uh, booked uh, for the right way for a couple months, I could go up against Brock. All right, well, maybe not, but you know what I'm saying. It's all about positioning. You can make people believe whatever you want to put out in front of them and make them believe. It really comes down to size when you're talking about a guy who can go up against Brock Lesnar. So... Disregarding all the names of Brock's fault in the last two years, many of whom I named at the top of this segment, I would have to say, let's try a guy like Cesaro. Cesaro is six foot five. He's probably pound for pound the strongest guy on the roster. 
He's very lean looking. He's not bulky, but he's got a lot of athleticism. He's got a lot of agility. He's got a lot of strength, and he's got a lot of believability to the fans. Of course, he's in a tag team right now, but if you started to position Cesaro with a, a string of uh, a string and weeks of wins, real serious, credible wins, even shoot some old classic WWF-style vignettes showing the real strength that the Swiss Superman has, that could start to work. That could then make you go, you know what? I want to see this. On the marquee, on the visual graphic, I want to see what's going to happen when Brock Lesnar gets in the ring with Cesaro. Cesaro also has the history of Paul Heyman. There's something there. And look, by the end of December, Cesaro is going to be 37 years old. That's not a, that's not a young man in the days of uh, pro wrestling and WWE. So this could be one last great effort to get Cesaro a great rub by surviving, being able to walk out of his own power, a match on one of the big four pay-per-views with Brock Lesnar. Brock will still walk out as champion and go on and do what he has to do at WrestleMania. Cesaro can walk out with even more credibility in WWE, and perhaps 2018 could be the best year for Cesaro in his career. Wrestling Inc., every single weekend, we're happy you're here with us. Make sure you subscribe, comment, like, tell a friend, do what you got to do. We'll see you next week.